This podcast is proudly brought to you by Adventure Professionals. www.adventureprofessionals.com.au For me, Mission Ridge and Brigade Hill, the whole Kokoda campaign, more people need to know about it. I know everyone knows someone who's trekked Kokoda, but to actually understand the stories of what these young guys did, it's harrowing what they went through. They were staunch to the end against odds uncounted and they fell with their faces to the foe. Welcome to the Kokoda Track Podcast, hosted by former soldier Glenn Azar. This is the place to hear stories from those who've trekked Kokoda and gain tips and knowledge about what to expect on the track or to relive your own amazing experiences. The Kokoda Track Podcast, keeping the spirit of Kokoda alive. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kokoda Track Podcast. So, of course, I'm trying to do these more regularly now that Kokoda is back up and running. Now, a lot of companies haven't bounced back just yet uh, from the experience of COVID, etc. And some of the smaller companies, I guess, won't. And that's just unfortunate, it's the way it is. And even some really good operators that I've known over the years on the track have decided to step away. But there are still some great options out there for you. There are still some of the bigger companies that have managed to sort of hold themselves together during this period. And our company, which is certainly not a big company by any stretch, but we personally are ready to bounce back next year. So with that in mind, I thought it would be a great opportunity to start to answer some questions. So if you want to ask any questions and you'd like me to answer them here on the podcast, you can email through to me, Glenn with two N's, at adventureprofessionals, all one word with an S at the end, .com.au. And just in the in the topic heading, just put, um, you know, Kokoda Track Podcast or something like that. Throw some questions in there. Your other option is slip on over to the Adventure Professionals Facebook page, ask some questions there. Um, you'll see posts every now and then where I'm asking for that. And I will jump on and answer those. So I've got a few of those to answer this morning. Now, before I do that, just quickly, I've announced within my own circles that I personally will be stepping down from running Kokoda Track Adventures at the end of 2024. So the company will still run adventures. All of my other Trek leaders will still be doing stuff. But just for me on a personal level, I've already done 79 of these and I just figure, you know, I'm 50 now and over the next sort of two years, I want to start to phase out so that I can focus on some other goals that I've got in youth developments, uh, etc. So some stuff that I want to get done sort of in these really important years from 50 to 60. And as much as I love Kokoda, I just felt like I didn't want to do 10 of these a year anymore, which is the tempo that I've sort of been running at pre-COVID. So if you've wanted to come with me personally, of course, you need to get that done over the next two years. So you've still got plenty of time to organise yourselves. But then just trust that the guys and girls that I've got running my trips are bloody amazing, well-experienced, uh, either military or other personal development backgrounds. So you're going to be in good hands. If you want to do it with me, let me know. Now, the other thing I've decided to do, and I've been asked about this many times, is to run adventure leader courses. So I'm going to, starting next year, you can complete this over 12 or 24 months. I'm going to teach people how to run, for example, the Kokoda, and I'll really focus heavily on that, but also my other adventures, your Kilimanjaro's and your Aussie 10s and those sort of things, teach you how to go out and put an adventure together from risk assessment to your legal documents right through to actually running the adventures yourself. So I'm going to give you, if this is something that interests you, the capacity to put an entire adventure together from start to finish, whether it's a local adventure or something overseas, give you access to my operators. Basically, more or less, it's going to be a business in a box for you to set up 
if you want to go out and get started in the adventure space. Now, why would I be doing this? Well, I've done 13 Kilimanjaro's, 12 or 13 Everest base camps, Mount Elbrus in Russia. I couldn't tell you how many Aussie 10s I've done. I've done so many of those. Uh, Kokoda at 79. So I've, I've done a lot of these things. And I figure that there's this wealth of experience that once I step away from this space, I just feel like it, there's an onus on me to share that to help produce the next generation of adventure leaders that can go out and do this really well. Now, the other thing that I see is there's never been a real formal process. And I watch people that have been to Kokoda once and then they go over there with a company in a year or two's time and they're leading a trip. And I'm not going to lie, I find that quite concerning. And I'm not saying that they don't have the capacity and they're not good people and there's not sort of training in place of some level. But what I am saying is that I don't believe you as the trekker gets the best experience from someone who's only having their second or third experience. I think there needs to be a more formal process to make sure that you do the military history right, that you know all the little nuances of the way things are done. So that's another reason that I've decided to try and uh, implement the next generation. I would like the Kokoda story to be told for another 50 years, 100 years. And of course, I'm well and truly not going to be around in those time frames. So if there's any chance of that staying alive, people like myself and other experienced trek leaders really need to get out there and help people do it. The other side, of course, is that adventure is just such an amazing personal development experience that I want to keep that side alive as well. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, drop me an email again, Glenn with two N's, at adventureprofessionals, all one word, s at the end, dot com, dot au, and let me know that you're interested in that program. Um, You can complete it over 12 or 24 months. It will include an adventure, at least one adventure with me, but also some classroom stuff, which can be done via Zooms and onlines. Um, There'll be a whole process, and, and that will kick off next year. Questions on the Kokoda tracks. Let's get over to these. Some of these are more personal to our business, I suspect, but they will still be very good for anyone that's thinking of trekking Kokoda and isn't quite sure, you know, of what to expect, etc. Now, I know most companies give really good information out there, but sometimes hearing words is a little bit different than reading them. So these are the questions. Question number one from Tara was, do you ever include the beachheads of Boona and Gona in the trip as an option before? Really interested to see that side of the battle as well. Well, I know for me, yes, I do, and I do believe other companies do as well. So I do do beachheads tours. Typically, I'll do them around July and November. Uh, November because it ties in with Remembrance Day, and there's a very significant battle at Garari, which is really pivotal in pushing the Japanese from the Kokoda track back to Garari and then pushing them off Garari uh, and all the way back through to the beachhead. So it was really significant, and that major battle was happening on the 10th and the 11th. So I like to do that around then. So yes, I do run those as well. And it adds two days on and it's amazing. It's really, really worth it. Question number two, does the accommodation where you stay store your items if you overpack? Listening to the podcast, I believe nearly everyone overpacks. Well, that is true. And yes, they do. So when you get to the hotel, we'll normally go through a briefing process. And once we do that, we'll then go through a packing process or the gear that we supply because with our company, we supply your backpacks, your sleeping bags, your everything that you need. You just bring your personal items. We'll go through packing, repacking, packing, repacking until you've kind of got it the way you want it for heading off the next day. The next morning before we fly out, we'll meet downstairs and your suitcase and everything that you're going to leave behind will go on one side and that will get locked into a box room and everything coming out 
uh, on Kokoda with us will go on the other side and that will go into the trucks with the boys and we'll head off from there. So that's your change of clothes, anything that you might have overpacked, but you know, your, your, your casuals to wear around the pool or the bar on the first and last nights as well. Insurance for the track, what insurance do you use? There are numerous ones to use. Um, I can't think of them off the top of my head. I probably should have written notes rather than just answer these questions live. Uh, the name just absolutely escapes me for some reason. But yeah, there are a couple of good companies there. Uh, I'll chase them up and I'll try and put either a link in these show notes or I will put something inside on the Adventure Professionals page for those people that are asking. Uh, but there are a couple of good companies and you just need to make sure that they have full medical evacuation. That's really important because you don't necessarily want to go the cheapest option when you're flying into countries like Africa, PNG, Nepal. You want someone that gives you a full repatriation all the way back to Australia if there is a medical emergency. Question number four, how far out from your trip do you recommend getting your visa as they've suspended the on-arrival visas? PNG interestingly changes this visa process a lot and more than once a year often. So you've really got to stay abreast of what they're actually doing in that in that space. So... For me, I'll have a look at what's going on at the time. But in my experience, if you're going through Brisbane, they're really good. The the office in Brisbane for visas for the PNG consulate, they'll get them done inside like a four-week period. If I go to um, Melbourne or some of the others, they can be a bit lengthier. So I'd be giving yourself a good three months once you've got all your bookings and stuff in place. Question number five was around which trips I'll be taking in 2023 schedule. I don't really know that just yet. I do know that I'll be doing the March trip, the first Anzac trip. The second Anzac trip is already booked out for me personally. There is another one on, but that's the one with me is booked out. Uh, and I'll be taking July. So I can tell you that at this stage, but what it will actually be after that, I haven't quite worked that schedule out. And it does rely on some other things that I've got going on as well. But what I'll do is I'll start to put them on our webpage and I'll just put in brackets when you look at the dates, the ones that I'll be leading. Question number six, do you recommend a Camelback or a bottle? I personally use a bottle, but if you're someone that's not disciplined with taking regular little sips of water, a Camelback can be quite handy. Um, but just because you can constantly be having sips on it, uh, there's so much water there. I typically have a Camelback and a bottle. So I'll sip out of the Camelback and I'll fill up the water bottle because there might be three or four hour periods here and there where you don't get access to water at maximum. And that will give me, if I'm using a lot of water, the capacity to refill from my bottle. I typically don't go through a massive amount of water, but I like that extra bottle for me as a trek leader in case someone else actually needs it. And the last one from Tara was, do you provide the SteriPen or tablets? And is this something we should bring? Uh, I know for me personally, we supply the tablets. I'm not really sure with other companies, so you would have to ask that question of them, of course. Um, SteriPens are good. Uh, they're a little bit of a slower process, but not massively. Uh, with the, the tablets, you can whack them in the bottle that you've got while you're drinking out of your Camelback. They take about 20 minutes to kick in. Um, and then by the time you actually come around to needing that water, they're all done. So that's it, team. That's the seven questions that I had from Tara. If anyone else has got any questions, please feel free to send them through. Uh, like I said, via email, or you can do it through the Facebook page as Tara did. And I'll get on and make sure that I answer those for you over the coming weeks, just so... You've got some access to information now that Kokoda is up and firing again. Look forward to chatting to you guys again real soon.
The bond between Aussies and the people of Papua New Guinea was forged in war and it endures in peace. We've felt that friendliness, that special connection in the comforting presence of our porters and in every small community along the Kokoda track. Okay guys, thanks for tuning in. It would be awesome if you'd share this with anyone you know that's going to the Kokoda track or that has been and has a keen interest in the track. It's people and those that choose to trek it. The pillars of Isharaba say courage, endurance, mateship and sacrifice. Great words to live by and this podcast will offer mateship and a place for those that live and love the Kokoda track experience. Until next episode, live a life that inspires you and those around you. And remember to take time out to think about what's really important. What's really important. What's really important. Thanks for listening to the Kokoda Track Podcast. To get in touch or stay up to date, go to Kokoda Track Podcast on Facebook or email glenn at adventureprofessionals.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Let's keep the spirit and the stories of Kokoda and the PNG people alive.